And it, actually, this happened in, in recently. My kids were sick. Mm-hmm. I picked them up. Um, my ex was sick. I didn't know, but then she messaged me that she was actually in the, the hospital urgent care because she was sick getting medicine. And it was interesting because separately, different times during that day, Bo and Max asked me and said kind of aggressively, like, did you know mom's sick? Do you even care that she's sick? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pan and Unicorn, the relationship podcast, episode 10. Numero 10. I know you did not say it in Spanish for episode nine. Last yes, episode. I did. No, Numero did nueve. I did say did it. Not. You Check did not. the camera. Check the camera. I guarantee you. Watch. We'll do a flip back to the last interview or last episode. If I'm right, I'm getting something. Okay, so same know. here. Great intro. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Episode nine. Numero nueve. Let's up. go. Okay. Same here. <laughs> and uh, for those of you not watching on YouTube <laughs> and you're just you know listening to it on Apple, Spotify, mm-hmm. wherever all the podcasts are, how good does Madison look in the pink? The pan and unicorn merge. Let's love go. Looking stuff. good in the pink. I love it. I've got pink. I've got teal. I've got tie-dye. You guys, you have got to check out the website. There's so many great... Panandunicorn.com. Support us. And then we got send some love out on there send now. Send some love merch. So go check it out. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at Pan and Unicorn, like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We got that Twitter. Facebook group. We got the newsletter. We've got everything, so make it's all down below, but make sure you're following us there. Now, babe, we're gonna send some love. Send some love every episode. Grab your phone, your parents, your sisters, your brothers, your husbands, your wives, your kids, your loved ones. Send them love. So I just sent some love to my brother-in-law, like a brother. We, we bicker at each other and pick on each other like we're siblings. <laughs> uh, Patrick, um, he's been taking such good care of my sister and he's just an awesome husband. So I sent him some love and said, thank you for taking care of my sister. What'd you do, babe? Um... I shout out my boy Matt B. Mm-hmm. Matt Berman lives in Orlando, oh, yeah. Florida. I think he was uh, on my college tennis team at the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. So I've known him like, what is that, like over 20 years. Oh, wow. And uh, he and I stayed tight. He was a good friend to me in college, really good friend to me um, post college. That's a green flag with you, by the way, is that you have so many long-term friendships. Green flag? Mm-hmm. Is that opposite of a red? Yeah. That means a go. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know I had a green flag. Yeah. <laughs> you have many. I got some green flags. Let's go. Green flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, um, I introduced his wife and him in college. And really? they're married and they have two How beautiful How many people girls. have you introduced you to one another that got married? I think I feel three, like three or four. These are, there's a few yeah. in there. So anyway, um, Matt's another one of those guys. I got a bunch of them where like if we live near each other, mm-hmm. I'd hang out with them all the time. Like, yeah. We'd play sports together. We'd play golf together. We'd watch sports together. The kids would play together. Like I just mm-hmm. – 
I got a lot of those guys around, but it's just hard. You know, I don't see them enough, but I'm hoping as I, we get older, the kids get older and this kind of this other phase of our life mm-hmm. um, when we have more time to travel and, and, you know, move around that we'll, I'll hang out with a lot of these friends of mine that I've had for a long time that just haven't spent as much time with them as I would like. Yeah. Oh, well. So shout out to Matt B. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Pat. Oh, Pat's great. Yeah. My brother-in-law's great. Gotta love Pat. Um, but quick recap of episode number nine. It's kind of tough in the beginning. I feel like it was a little rough for me to talk about a lot of those fears and everything. But basically, we were just touching on the fears that our parents had and kind of still have when we told them that we were getting divorced and separating, you know, from our exes. And we just basically talked all about that. And we discussed, we even discussed our fears of if this ever happened to our kids and what we would do and what we would try to help them. Yeah, look, I I think, first of all, shout out to our parents. We are both so lucky. Um, I know for me personally, I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends who have lost either one parent or both parents Mm -hmm. already at a young age. And so I am grateful, thankful every day that my parents are alive and healthy. Uh, Madison has great Mm -hmm. parents. They live near us. They're very supportive. They're healthy. Um, And so we do know how fortunate and how lucky we are and and hopefully it lasts a long time. So Mm -hmm. it was really nice for us to kind of talk with our parents and kind of get their perspective on the divorce and and what they went through and what their fears were. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was really healthy for us to have a conversation about like the future and what would we do and how would we handle it? I think it's important for all parents and grandparents to kind of have that conversation of just preparing for it and if it happened and what would we do and how much do we really know about our kids' current relationships Mm -hmm. and um, how do we try to encourage those conversations and foster those conversations. And our hope for this podcast is that all of you guys listening, um, obviously, you know, love it if you guys share it with your friends and loved ones, but also that you take some of this information and, and maybe it opens up, a, you know, something for you to talk with your parents or talk with your children um, just about how they're doing and their relationships and emotionally and mentally. And um, that was the hope of episode nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we did really well, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Going into today's episode, we're going to basically be talking about how we are currently, because, you know, we are still co-parenting, how we are currently navigating co-parenting. Co-parenting. This is a tough one, um, I think, for anybody out there that either are children of divorce, you guys have a lot of stories about how your parents, you know, co-parented for you and continue to. Mm -hmm. So drop them in the comments. We want to hear about your experience um, as your parents, you know, navigated co-parenting. If you're out there now and you are divorced and you have children, how are you navigating co-parenting? It's a super hot topic. It's something that Madison and I could probably talk about on, you know, every other episode for the next whatever it is, 20 years, right? Co-parenting never ends. Um, So we've kind of been both co-parenting about the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. We've gone through a lot of roller coasters with both of our exes. And so we just thought this was a good kind of 10th episode to kind of recap where we are, what we've learned, what Mm -hmm. we're doing, 
Um, and we'll probably do another co-parenting one, you know, maybe in six months or a year just yeah. to kind of see like where we are at and how things have changed. Exactly. Um, but today's episode is all about co-parenting and basically our story, not yeah. really giving other people advice, just what we've been doing. What we've been through and what have we've seen that works for us and what hasn't worked for us and that we've learned. Um, and we're just sharing our experiences. So it's like basically getting into the very beginning of it. It's something that we need to all really remember is when you get divorced, there is so much, there's so much hurt. There's so much anger. There's so much disappointment, resentment, animosity. There's all these really negative feelings that you have towards this person. And it makes it really hard to co-parent with them. So one thing that I wish I really like established in the beginning is basically boundaries. And, you know, really treat, and this is what I learned from Ross of how to treat it. He's like, he goes, you're not, you have way too much emotion in this. He goes, you need to treat it more like a business relationship. And that's kind of what like it sucks that you don't you don't really want that with your co-parent because you want to do what's best for the kids and show happy and healthy and stuff. But in the beginning, when everyone is still so hurt and still trying to heal from everything, setting that boundary of having more of a business professional relationship with your co-parent where you just strictly keep it about the kids, it makes things better. So then that kind of gives you each other like your time to both heal and move on. What do yeah, you think? I, I think that for anybody who has never not gone through this or never been through it, it's hard to kind of fully put yourself in that situation. But what I'm going to try to explain is it's the duality is tough because you get separated or you get divorced. And that's assuming that you don't absolutely hate each other one person mm -hmm. didn't try to like kill the other person or put them in jail. So there, there's not like, uh, I never want to talk to them again. I don't hate them. Mm -hmm. Your natural instinct for the children is how can we pretend like there isn't the pain, the resentment, the anger, the animosity? How can you pretend like it's not there? And we try to show the kids that we don't hate each other and we, we, we're still going to be friends and we're still going to work this out. Mm -hmm. um, and in reality, that sounds good in theory, but I actually don't think that's what's best because one person in the relationship is going to have more anger than the other, mm -hmm. more pain than the other, more resentment than the other. Um, just everyone, it, it's just going to be off balance yeah. in, in different areas. Um, and so ultimately you can't really have, uh, that relationship when you have all that emotion, mm -hmm. one person's trying to move on. The other person's trying to get the other person back. One person's moved on faster than the other person. It's yeah. just really messy and complicated. And so I think the sooner you say, okay, we're moving on. We're going to have a relationship strictly about the kids, mm -hmm. which is hard, yeah. which means you're not asking them about their dating. Mm -hmm. You're not asking them about their work like yeah. you used to. You're not asking them about their friends, about their family. You're not having this emotional connection and relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to set boundaries with where you live, mm -hmm. which is hard. You know, um, I lived in the house my children live in for many years. Um, you know, I 
did the bedtime routines, everything. Like that house was my house. Mm-hmm. Now my ex doesn't allow me to go near the house. It was hard for her to see me at the house, near the house, in the house. And so I don't go there. We do drop-offs and pick-ups yeah. at a neutral location. It sucks because it ends up being really hard on the kids too because a lot of the kids, the Bo and Max, they asked for you to come over so they could show you the animals, right. show you their room and everything. Right. And so it, that's it's, that's what thing that's so tough about it. It's like, it sucks that like, you know, boundaries, yes, need to be put there. But then also it's like, can we just freaking suck this up and do what's best for the kids if this is what the kids want? Like, can we put our feelings aside? And that balance is really difficult. Yeah. And so I think that um, although it's hard, it was hard for me or hard for me to not mm-hmm. be at their house, not go there anymore, not see them mm-hmm. and that they want it, I understand it. Yeah. And ultimately... It's actually better for the kids if they understand mm-hmm. that moving forward, um, no, I won't be coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm not gonna be at their house anymore. That's mom's house. She's moving on with her life. I have my place, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they come to my place. And so, I think over time you can kind of reverse it. So I would say in the beginning, move as fast as you can to the business relationship, and mm-hmm. later after the anger, the pain, the resentment, and everyone has moved on Mm -hmm. and everyone's happy in their own new life, which might take many years. Mm -hmm. Once everyone's happy and moved on and accepted everything and all the financials are in place Mm -hmm. and all the schedules are in place and everything with the kids and the kids are accepted, I think you can then go back to more repairing that friendship and going back to, you know, showing the kids that you're closer, having more of a relationship with your ex, asking questions more about how is your family or how are your friends or how is your work or how are things with your current girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say something that we both struggled with in the beginning was navigating that. And we both did it wrong. I don't think dinners with both parents are good in the beginning, which we did. I don't think, I think it's just, it seems like that would make the most sense and that that would be best for the kids. But I think there's a way to tell the kids nothing negative about the ex, that the ex and I are, and your mom, your dad, we're in a great place. We're friends. Mm -hmm. We're always going to co-parent. We don't hate each other. There's no anger. You, You tell them, everything to make sure that they understand that things are good. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you continue to move this relationship where you were with them every day, talking every day, all day about everything and get it into that business relationship just about the kids as fast as possible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But don't you think though, it's good for the kids every once in a while to see like if their mom and dad are in the same room or seeing that their mom and dad are together at like activities or see that mom and dad do have like a dinner, like where you go to a restaurant together? I think restaurant, no. I think that creates confusion for the children and it's something like that. But where I would agree is like Bo had a thing at school. Is that like, because you used to do that with your ex all the time. Not all the time. You did it a But lot. in the beginning we did it. Uh, you did it up until past the summer no before the summer before minnesota i mean i was traveling a lot but i would say twice a month we were we're doing it Mm -hmm. um like you guys did it was um, a mistake uh, yeah because i know but i just remember you guys did it like after like max's soccer where you guys all went to rubio's together yeah we tried it and so going back to soccer is a good example like Mm -hmm. i think if 
your child has soccer, I think if both parents are there, it's best if they sit next to each other because the kids will see it and they'll mm -hmm. pay attention if they're apart. Mm -hmm. But if they sit next to each other, say hello, um, be nice, but just keep it at that. And if you have stuff to talk about the kids, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Kids school, kids activities, kids teachers, trips, just fine, talk about it. So the mm -hmm. kids can see that you guys are fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Bo had a thing at school. It was some, you know, performance singing thing. And, you know, I was there, my ex came in and like my ex didn't sit near me. And I was like, that just doesn't, it's not a good picture for Bo. Yeah. Like, just come sit next to me. Just so aware. Yeah, just come sit next to me. And we can, we can not even talk, but just sit next to each other, say hello, fine. Yeah. That at least shows the kids like, oh, okay, they're fine. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know what we're talking about anyway. Exactly. And so I think that, <clears throat> again, um, those are good settings to kind of reiterate to the children mm -hmm. that they're okay, that their parents are okay, that their parents don't hate each other yeah. um, in an appropriate way. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, best for co-parenting in that, that kind of that first year, that first two years. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of like brings us into like tips for how to treat each other in front of the kids. And I think this is so important because again, like how Ross was saying, when you go just sitting down next to each other at a school activity, they're, they're, observing it all. They they notice it all. Kids are smart. They pick up on those things. They pick up the way that your mannerisms are with the person. They pick up the way that you are talking and what your tone is with them. And I think it's so important to treat the other parent with respect when during the drop-offs and the pickups. I think it's so important to smile. Like when you're doing FaceTime with the kids, the other parent, fucking smile. Like, you know, like be nice and be warm and because they pick the kids pick up on that. They can sense if it's going to be cold. Ask, you know, I know like it's like the whole setting boundaries of not asking questions, being like, oh, how are you doing? Great. And then be like, oh, Riley, like tell dad about what you did at school today. Like in like engage with those conversations. Just don't just put the phone from the kid. I mean, like, yeah. I, and on that note, while you were talking, two things popped into my head. One, even if you're not divorced, all parents should do this, mm -hmm. right? Like, Parents, like when you're in front of your kids, smile, be nice, be warm, show mm -hmm. your kids what good relationships look like, mm -hmm. give them a kiss, give them a hug, ask them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. Just because you're divorced doesn't mean you shouldn't be acting this way all the time in front of your kids. Yeah. Fighting in front of your kids isn't good. Being cold in front of your yeah, kids fighting, isn't good. See, I actually read a, a really interesting thing because I, I, that's, you know me, I'm like really big about not fighting, not having tension in front of your kids. But I read this really good thing that, they said that you actually should not hide all conflict from your kids. They said what you should do as parents or as co-parents or even just relationships is if we do have a disagreement, show how we came to a resolve a healthy way. So that way it teaches them how to resolve conflict and they can say, oh, Conflict can be resolved and handled in a mature and nice way. And you guys can like kiss afterwards. Kiss after, hug, hug after. Afterwards. Say, okay, I hear so you. Understand. That was a, no. that's like a, that was like a really good example. Because I was like, you know, I've always been so much about not fighting in front of the kids. I'm like, oh, well, that would teach them 
how to resolve conflict, mm-hmm. how not to avoid, how not to just, you know, get a, like avoid it and not deal with it. That's a tough one. The rug, That'd know? be the ultimate parenting. Yeah. Where you can have an argument, the kids see it and then tell the kids and show the kids that you made up and then mm-hmm. tell the kids after, hey, mommy and daddy had a little argument. This is what we were fighting about, but this or is how they we resolved their, it. They see it. And though. after we're done, we figured it out. We kiss, we hug, we tell each other, we love but each other. show it to them. Don't tell them, show it to them. Okay. That's what they're saying is to show it. Because kids learn from modeling what we model to them. Kids pick up the way that we talk. Kids pick up our mannerisms. And that's why they say it's so important to show them good behavior, show them ways to resolve conflict in a healthy way, because that's how they learn. They learn from modeling. So that point that I wanted to make was mm-hmm. it should be for parents who not necessarily co-parenting, but just parenting. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that you talked about is like on the FaceTimes and stuff is that, yes, the kids do pick that up. Mm-hmm. Again, parenting of co-parenting or just normal parenting, the kids pay attention to that. And so they will say like, um, why didn't you say goodnight to mom? Why didn't you say hi to mom? Why didn't mm-hmm. you do those things? And so it's really important that when you're communicating with the kids and the parents are around that you model that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, have a good day. So if I'm, you know, in the morning and, you know, my ex FaceTimes the kids, they're done. All right, have a good day or have a good night. Yeah. Like that's not that hard. It it's takes not. a second. And then the kids But it's see also, it. it's your tone. Yeah, tone. Like it's not even just don't fake it. Like it's your tone. They sense it. Be like, okay, have a good day. Now you could be like, okay, I hope you have a great day and smile. And like, yeah, actually this happened in, in recently my kids were sick. Mm-hmm. I picked them up. Um, my ex was sick. I didn't know, but then she messaged me that she was actually in the, the hospital urgent care because she was sick getting medicine. And it was interesting because separately, different times during that day, Bo and Max asked me and said kind of aggressively, like, did you know mom's sick? Do you even care that she's sick? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, like hear their feelings. And it was kind of lucky that I could reply, actually, yeah, your mom, mom and I, we've been messaging all day. I know she was in the hospital. I know she's getting medicine. I know she was dehydrated. Um, I asked her if she needed anything. And Bo was like, good, good, good. I'm glad that I'm glad. And then Max was like um, something like, yeah, she's doing better, you know, but, but the point being they pay attention to all that. They pay attention to everything and they pay attention to like, you know, like I think that's another thing as a parent, you should see why are they thinking this? Why are they feeling this way? You have to really address, okay, like what's going on in the situation that's making them feel this way. And it's natural. Like they want me to care about their mom and -hmm. like their mom and be friends with their mom and Mm -hmm. treat their mom well Yes. um, and vice versa. Okay, so I will say this for me, and I've said this to a lot of people, the hardest part about co-parenting, and I know this has come up in some other podcasts in different forms that we've done, but by far the hardest part is the control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as an athlete growing up in multiple sports and having different coaches, I heard so many times, worry and focus on what you can control. You can't control the weather. You can't control what the other team does. You can't control what the refs do. You can't control. There's just so many things that are out of your control. So just focus on what you can do, what your team can do, 
and 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 try your best. And it sounds so good in theory, mm-hmm. and it sounds so good theory in life, in business, in every aspect. Just focus on what you can control. You can't control your competition in business, mm-hmm. so focus on what you can do. And when it comes to your children, the people and the humans and the the, the kids you love more than anything. And for most of your life that you've known them, you've been able to control pretty much what they wear, what they yeah. eat, when they go to sleep, where, where, who they're around, mm-hmm. um, just all these different details. And all of a sudden, for the time you're not with them, you lose that control. That is by far what makes co-parenting so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is going to take time. It is not going to happen easily. It's not going to happen quickly where you give up that control and you're okay with that. And, and understanding it's hard for your ex as well. Mm -hmm. And so your ex is now worried about what they're wearing, what they're eating, what they're sleeping, if they're sick, what's happening by far that control and, 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 and figuring out how to kind of just give it up and understand you can. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It's probably (laughs) one of the hardest things as a mom that I had to really come to terms with and I'm still coming to terms with. But I say as I let go over the last year, it's helped a ton. And it sucks because, I mean, a lot of people that follow me, they're like, They'll see once I get the girls back, it's a lot of times they're sick and stuff. And they're like, why are they always coming home sick? And I'm like, I, I, I'm at a loss. Like I can't control what, what's going on over there. And it used to just bug me and bug me and it just sucked. But I had to let go of it and I'm still working on fully letting go of it. But it makes you a lot more happier as a parent because I mean, again, like I, there's nothing I can do. They're not going to listen to you. You you can't just sit there and dictate everything that they do. They're going to do their own thing. And I, that's why the best thing that I found was finding a hobby and keeping myself busy either with work or pickleball. That's why I did it was because it helped me cope with it. And that's why I always tell people, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, about just trying to find something to help you cope with those times that you don't have your kids so then you're not stressing the whole time. And then also if you have family members or friends or anyone likes, you know, asking you questions about how the kids are with your ex and blah, 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 it's kind of also just to be like, you know, just also related to them and say, hey, like it sucks. I can't control what they're doing. And I've got, you know, it's like that obviously is a lot of guilt on me. But right now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to separate myself from it. And I'm trying to just keep myself occupied because it's not something I can control. Yeah. And I think along those lines, like, so when your co-parent mm-hmm. doesn't listen to you, yeah, doesn't take your advice. Mm-hmm. You express your fears, your concerns about your children to them. How do you handle it? Well, I've done that and 
it still doesn't really get quite well it's kind of helped actually because the last time when he the first time he didn't listen to me about taking them to doctor and they ended up having double ear infections and then the second time he actually took him took it to the doctor so he learned from that lesson which was great and that showed me okay well there's some growth here um but it's hard i mean how do you handle it because i know like with also, we can't always trust what our co-parent is telling us. Like we can address some issues, be like, hey, we're con- kind of concerned about this. And they're like, are you doing this routine? Are you doing, are you having sit down dinners or whatnot? And they're saying, yeah, we are, but you know, they're obviously not. Yeah. How do you handle it's, that? It's tough. And, and and I think that, God, it's such a balance between the kids and the co-parent. Um, and I think what was interesting was that a lot of the co-parenting videos on YouTube uh, went to the negative, which is mm-hmm. like, what do you do when your co-parent is a narcissist? What do you do when your co-parent is a liar? What do you do when your co-parent, you know, um, is, you know, trying to get your attention mm-hmm. or degrade you or get a rise out of you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my first answer to all of that is, you know, is that your co-parent is not making you angry. Your co-parent is not making you frustrated. Your co-parent is not making you have these feelings. Essentially, you're in control. Mm -hmm. You are the one that makes you angry. You are the one that's getting frustrated. You are the one that's getting sad. And so although that's really difficult to hear, Mm -hmm. it's a really important life lesson, Mm -hmm. which is all these things going on in your world and in your life are making you feel this way. Well, it's but, like what, they te- what we tell kids all the time, control your emotions. Right. So it's like, we should be doing the same, but it makes it, what's really makes it hard is if you see that it's affecting your kids. kids. Exactly, that's what I just said. It's the hardest thing is that it's affecting your kids and that makes it so difficult. And so I think understanding that it's part of it, mm-hmm. um, understanding that Look, as the kids get older, they tell you more. Mm-hmm. So they'll tell you what each other are doing. They're not always truthful, the kids. Mm-hmm. And so then the parents go back and forth. Uh, you know, my your son said this, your daughter said this. Did this happen? Did this not happen? You never really know because the co-parent is going to say, I never said that. Mm-hmm. The co-parent's going to say that's not true. Yeah. Well, they're going to get defensive and vice versa. And yeah. so I think... Ultimately, understanding that as fast as you can, mm-hmm. which is we're on the same team. Yeah. We are going to choose love and we're going to put the kids first. But what do you do when your co parent doesn't do that? All you can do is understand that you don't control it. You can voice your opinion in the nicest way possible. Um, I think you explain, you know, hey, this is my thoughts or this is my feelings. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you got to do what you're going to do anyway. Um, but just so you know, this is how I feel. Yeah. Hopefully, we can be on the same page about it. It's extremely difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But over time, that's what you got to try to do. And I think that it comes to over time having that relationship, building that trust as co-parents. I think that it's hard, so hard in the beginning because you have so much anger, so much resentment, so much pain from your relationship mm-hmm. that it gets muddied into the children. Yeah. 
and trying to get your co-parent to separate the two. Mm. Um, and it's just hard. You have the conversations. I mean, my kids have told me things that my ex has said to them. There's just no way they made it up. Yeah. And then what do I do? All I can do is then go back to my ex and say, hey, just so you know, the kids told me you told them this. Mm -hmm. 99% chance she's going to deny it. 99% chance to get defensive. But at least she knows that I'm not happy about it. And the kids are repeating what she's saying. And hopefully that doesn't continue. Yeah. And I know she's saying it not to hurt the children, not to do what's you know the wrong thing for the children. Mm-hmm. I just know she's mad at me. She's angry at me. She's hurt. She's frustrated. And unfortunately, like it came out that way to the kids. Yeah. Okay, so one comment that I saw in one of our previous episodes, they were saying that they wanted us to get someone on here that was that went through a high conflict divorce where you have a high conflict co-parent and where no matter how many boundaries you set, no matter how mature you're being about it, they still just try to find ways to hurt you and either through the kids or through the way that they speak to you, anything. So babe, I have a question. What do you do in those types of situations? Cause like- hey, Look, like I, I said, I, that was most of the content on co-parenting is my co-parent is abusive. They're a narcissist. They lie, they manipulate, they're gaslighting. Mm-hmm. They're taking it out on the kids. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I just can't imagine how hard that would be. Mm-hmm. The pain, the, the struggle. I mean, luckily for us, we have issues with our exes, but um, we know that they will take care of the kids, love the kids mm-hmm. and do what's best for the kids. Yeah. If that isn't the situation, um, you know, how you give up the control. Honestly, I think at that point, um, you're probably getting attorneys involved Mm -hmm. and you're going through all the stuff you can to say, hey, um, and look, I have some friends that have some really, really crazy exes and they Mm -hmm. do all the pickups and drop-offs in a neutral location. Mm -hmm. They film all neutral, all all pick, all pick up and drop offs. They do it in places where there's cameras. Well, there's some like what we spoke to one of our friends. They did it at the police station because there's yeah. cameras there and everything. Yeah. And then if yeah. anything happened, the police are right there. Yeah. And so they had to do all pickups and drop offs at the police station if they weren't dropping a kid off at school. That's and actually a someone good, else that's picking a good them up. piece of advice. If you, if you, with your co parent, if you're really concerned about how things are with the pickups and drop offs and stuff, Start doing them at a police station. I think that's like a really good piece of advice right there. Yeah. Because um, our, our friend actually did it and an incident actually happened and he was able to use the video yeah. recording. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in general, um, neutral location pickups are best. Mm-hmm. And it starts a routine for the children early on is to let them know that like um, when we swap, it's always at the same location. If the kid's like, why are we here? Like mom's mm-hmm. picking you up, dad's picking you up. Um, it just makes it much easier for the children. Yeah. I think it's awkward if, you know, you're, you should be going into their place. Like you should be yeah. moving on. They shouldn't be coming into your place. Well, um, I see that's the funny thing is, is in my situation, which is hilarious. So 
uh, my ex does, we do the pickups and drop-offs at each other's houses. And it's usually more so at mine because the way that things land. Um, but he does, he comes in and we talk a little bit and he even talked to my mom a little bit the last time and everyone was nice to each other, but I never, I'm never allowed to go into his place ever. Like I even remember asking him in the very beginning, cause like I've been over there before in the past, like briefly. And I was like with Kinsley and I had the cleaners coming to my house. I'm like, I have nowhere to go. And he's just like, no, you can't be at my place. Like, no, you can't be at my place. And I'm just like, I let you hang out with the girls at my place all the time. Like, what is the situation here? But it's like a, you know, that's his boundary. Um, and I didn't have the same, but I don't know. It's like, it's, it, that's, that's, that's hard. That's hard because I'm trying to just make it as happy and easygoing as I can for the girls. So it's, yeah, it's and like, look, I'm and, not doing it. In but in your specific situation, he you tried to be nice mm -hmm. and you give 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 then he takes 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 and then you wonder why mm -hmm. and i you know for a year have been like you need boundaries you need to stop doing this mm -hmm. and madison has slowly been able to set those boundaries and slowly you know do it but it's she, hard for me to be mean like that like i it's like i can be mean but i it, it's hard for me to like to do that because I just, you know, I, I have a big heart and I also have sympathy for the person. Right. And and look, that's all what makes co-parenting difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, Madison feels like she's helping him and giving him X, Y, and Z and he's doing nothing back in return. And I'm like, well, isn't, wasn't that your entire relationship? Like, why would things change yeah, now? I know. And ultimately, um, how he speaks to her is disrespectful and she doesn't put up that boundary so she just lets him continue to speak disrespectfully to her and then lets him in the house mm -hmm. and like that's well he doesn't do it in front of the girls all the time so shouldn't do it ever yeah like that's the point and so i think that you know that co-parenting part of it um is difficult i mean what what would you say to the audience that's listening like what are your biggest struggles in your current co-parenting what would you say uh a mutual respect is that's our biggest struggle is that i feel like i've given and given and done a lot of what he wanted in a situ in situations and i feel like i haven't been reciprocated with the same respect um I think that's our biggest issue is that there's not mutual respect, but that, you know, it's hard because I was talking to my friend Annie about it and like she says, I can also kind of feel for him in the situation because he screwed up and he's probably now coming to terms with everything and he lost a lot. Like she's like, he, he walked away from a lot and um, he's trying to do whatever he can to move on. It's just, he's, it's just finding it needs to find a healthier way to do it. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel for the guy. I mean, just mm -hmm. putting my guys in the guy's shoes. I mean, hence the unicorn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he lost the unicorn. He lost his two girls. Um, he lost the house. He lost your family. Mm -hmm. um, threw it all away for, you know, whatever reason he did. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, but that doesn't condone or give him an excuse to... And nor should you let him. Yeah.
continue to treat you with disrespect, say anything disrespectful about me, about you, about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, that just shouldn't, there's no, it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, I agree. And so that's obviously an issue that we've struggled with. Yeah, with you. So what a, like, I mean, how, how, because we've dealt with things with your ex. How have you handled or how are you planning on handling the situations where you basically are being accused of things that are just so far-fetched? Look, you know, I think, you know, from my situation with co-parenting and I never know what the truth is or isn't. And that was, you know, part of our entire relationship and Mm -hmm. still holds now. Um, And I just have accepted it. I've just come to terms with it. It's hard for me for my children because I know that she's not always going to be truthful to them. Mm-hmm. I know she's going to manipulate them. She's going to gaslight them. Um, I'm going to have to talk with them about it. I'm going to have to educate them about it. I'm going to have to explain why that's not the way you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ultimately, so, that's but, gonna be hard for you. But how do you how do you put that boundary there though? That if like they keep doing it and keep doing it, no matter what, like you can't just ignore bad behavior. Like how do you set a boundary there? There's no boundary. Like I, I, I talk to her very little, mm-hmm. um, only about the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she cares about the kids and wants what's best for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she if she tells me a conversation she had with my kids' teachers. Mm -hmm. If she tells me a conversation she had with anybody in their life, Mm -hmm. I'm already automatically know that it's not all truthful. Mm -hmm. So you know what I do? I have a call today with my son's teacher. Yeah. Because she told me what the kids' teacher said. Maybe it's 100% accurate, Mm -hmm. but I don't trust it is. So I'm going to call and do my own call with the teacher. Yeah. And so that's how I deal with it. Um, Ultimately, um, you know, that's what's going to happen. And the second part is, is the financials. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're co-parenting, the financials are always going to be a struggle, not from a lawyer perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, Madison's really big on um, MSAs and the lawyers and the courts. Well, I'm really big on what is like what the rights are of the state. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have financial conversations Mm -hmm. and understand that um, as an example, if our son really, really wants to go to a camp Mm -hmm. or he really, really wants to go on a trip or he really, really wants these certain shoes, ultimately you have the letter of the law of Mm -hmm. what should happen and what shouldn't happen and how it should be paid and how it shouldn't be paid. But at some level, you know, if you're, X and, and for my situation is like, well, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the money. What do you do? You, it depends on what it is. And you say, well, you drive a really, really expensive car. Mm-hmm. You live in a really, really expensive place. You live a really, really expensive lifestyle. But you're telling me that our kids want X, Y, and Z or need X, Y, and Z, and you don't have money for it. That's a struggle that all co-parents are going to have. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to happen. And there's always going to be someone that feels like 
hey, that's not fair. I see where you're spending money here and it should be going here. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Um, the financial part of that and emotional part of that is going to be a challenge. Um, and also, you know, maybe for some co-parents out there listening, you might have the situation where, you know, you would like to take your kids on a trip or you would like to be spend some time with your kids somewhere and you can't afford it, but your ex does. So your ex is taking them on places and on trips and you wish you could afford it mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. And so I think that financial component for me is always going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. There is not going to be a time in my life where my ex tells me she has enough money that she can afford something, no matter what it is. And so I'm going to deal with that. I'm also not going to expect that I'm ever being told the truth on anything. Mm -hmm. So I got to deal with that. Um, And my kids are going to have to deal with that. And ultimately, it's about having that open and honest and conversation as my kids get older um, and letting them know. And you're going to have to have those conversations as well Um, with your girls as they get older Mm -hmm. and understanding what you dealt with and how your ex communicates. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes co-parenting for us and our specific situations um, very difficult. Yeah, sucks. It sucks. It just really goes to show how every co-parenting relationship is so different. And I think it'd be really beneficial to get someone else on here that... um, to share their co-parenting experiences. Yeah, and and all of you listening that are doing Mm co-parenting, drop in the comments what's working for you, what isn't working for you, what are your hardest struggles with Mm -hmm. co-parenting. We're trying to learn. We know by far we're, you know, not experts in co-parenting. We've been doing it for a little bit. But, like, share what your difficulties are with co-parenting, but also share what you've learned that has helped make it easier it's just hard. It's really, really hard. But I, um, the thing is, is like, I think another thing is, is pretty interesting is how do you keep someone's ex from affecting your relationship? That's like one thing we didn't even like, cause you know, co-parenting is, this is about co-parenting, but we're talking about yeah. this. How do we, how do we do that? Well, look, I, I think it's common. Each of our exes have hopped in. Yeah. So I look, I, I think it's, the situations are different, but I think that in some level, Madison's ex has tried to discredit me and try to destroy our relationship. And mine has tried to discredit Madison and destroy our relationship. Mm-hmm. Not, not uncommon, mm-hmm. not something that I didn't think would happen. Um, you know, again, I, I think it's obviously difficult for both of them to see us move on and for us to be happy and, um, for us to start over this new chapter, this new life, have this podcast, um, mm-hmm. all the stuff you share on show, on social, all the stuff I, I share on social. So, you know, again, I, I think it's about communicating. It's about not letting it get to us, mm-hmm. um, not letting them speak, you know, negatively about us and mm-hmm. just understanding. I, look, I, here's where I'll end it. Mm-hmm. I'll end the co-parenting. And, and I think this is just a good kind of a life lesson is, and I've said this to Madison and I try to think about it all the time, which is if our children are literally on our shoulder yeah. all day, every day, talking to us and listening to us, are we making them proud? Mm-hmm. Are we 
making them feel like we're handling this co-parenting uh, in the best mature fashion possible. Mm -hmm. And if you, we can look in the mirror and be like, look, these are the things we've said to our ex. This is how we've treated our ex. This is how we've treated the kids. Here's why we did it. Here's how we did it. And we know, and we can look our kids in the eye and they can say, you know, they'd be so proud of us mm -hmm. and so proud of everything that we've done for ourselves, for them. That's yeah. the only thing that really matters. Yeah. And um, ultimately, you know, that we can't control what happens at mm -hmm. the other person's house and in their life, but we can control what we can control. Yeah. And we're going to set that's, the example. That's how we act. That's how we model things to them. And I think that's a really good tip. Like if you ever get upset, and I am going to remember this, but the next time I get upset or anything with the co-parent or anyone or just how I handle any situation, I think that's a really good thing. Good tip is to just picture your kids on your shoulders and being like, they're watching me right now. Would they be proud of me? And I have thought Would about I want that. Them acting like this. I have thought about that through the entire process. Mm -hmm. um, the emails I've gotten from my ex's lawyer, communication I've gotten from her, things that my kids have said to me that my ex has said. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking like if if I could take a picture of this, if I could film this, and my kids could see this in ten years, in twenty years, in thirty years, man, like. They would be. How would they feel? Yeah. And how would this make them feel? And I, I really try. Um, not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I would tell them, hey, if they were on my shoulder and they said, Daddy, why did you say that or why did you do that? I would be okay, being like, Look, you're right. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Like I shouldn't have done that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that was a mistake I made. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was upset. Um, you're right. And at the same time. I think about it all the time mm -hmm. with all my communication, with everything I do with the children is just, will they be proud of me of how I've handled it? And can I look them in the eye and say, look, this is what happened. Here's why it's happened. Here's how it's happened. And I did the best I could. Um, and I think it starts obviously with honesty, yeah. um, which we don't get from both of our exes and our kids are not going to get. That's okay. Like mm -hmm. we gotta understand, we can't control that, yeah. and we're gonna do everything we can. And I think that's the best place to leave the co-parenting mm -hmm. is just there. I know. We'll definitely come back and talk <clears throat> more about it in a year, because obviously things are gonna greatly change in just a year, especially if we decide to take our relationship to the next level and live with each other. Like things are gonna change because we're gonna be talking about co-parenting together mm -hmm. because we're gonna be having four kids underneath the roof <laughs> together. So it will be really interesting to come back and like see where we're at in a year and see how much we've progressed and hopefully Yeah, and I'm hoping that a lot better. My hope um you know, and it's kind of you put this out to the to the ether. Mm -hmm. My hope is that um we have a great relationship with her ex and his girlfriend or future wife or whatever it is. And I hope that we can have a great relationship with my ex and her future boyfriends or, I know, husbands, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's my hope. Yeah. I think we'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, when, I don't know. How, I don't know. What exactly will it look like, I don't know. Yeah. But I think we will get there. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be great for the kids. Um, 
And I'm confident in it. It'd be nice to live in that harmony. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and really just always focusing on what's best for the kids. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So all of you out there, if you have experience with co-parenting at any level, whether it's you, your kids, your grandchildren, uh, your friends, um, you know, give us some tips. Mm -hmm. Give us what your thoughts are. Share your experiences. Um, we hopefully, love to hear it. you know, hearing about our co-parenting experience so far makes you guys feel like you're not alone. Yes, that's one thing that I've seen a lot of the same comment from multiple people is saying like, "This is such a relatable podcast. It's so nice to hear what you guys are talking about because." Now I feel like I'm not alone in this. And you're so, not alone. Mm -hmm. And we're here. We're and here. our community is here. And our Join Facebook group our is Facebook here. Facebook group. I believe you can even post. Like I know some people don't want to post with their face and their name. I think you can post anonymously. So if you ever just like need help or anything or someone to talk to, post anonymously. We and slowly what we will be doing in the Facebook group is putting up a question, mm -hmm. a comment that we get privately and we will post for the group to help answer. Yeah. And so the people that are asking the question can go in and get great feedback and we'll hide, from the we'll group hide everything, and support so, everybody. Yeah. So um, again, you know, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Hope all of you guys had an amazing holiday and an amazing new year. And we're going to be off for a couple of weeks because yes. we've been traveling. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get back probably end of January, beginning of February with all new episodes. So, babe, real quick, though. We've got we... some amazing guests coming on. We're excited. But I have to ask you because obviously New Year's just happened. What is your New Year's resolution for this year? Mm, it's a good one. Comment yours down below. New like Year's resolution. Oof. Um, my new year's resolution would be to find a really, really good, healthy balance mm -hmm. between work relationship with you, the children and whatever friends, family, social, mm -hmm. like whatever that balance is that we can figure out that works for both of us. That would be my New Year's resolution is to somehow look back and be like, it was hard, but we figured out an amazing balance that worked on it. Because this year it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster for me work-wise. It was a disaster for me with socially with the kids, with friends, with you. It was all over the place. Um, and it was a very trying year. Yeah. I would say, what was your New Year's resolution last year? I don't know. You don't remember? No. Okay. Well, mine last year was actually focusing on myself. I told myself I really wanted to focus on myself this year in 2022. And I think I succeeded at that, <laughs> um, where I'd put myself first. And then for my next year is, is now I got to get back on the grind. I got to focus on work. And I, I agree, the balance is great, and that's I've always I've always preached that. But I gotta definitely focus on work this. So does year. that mean you focusing on work? Meaning your New Year's resolution is to make more money, get more gigs, my do better is work. To, is to help make myself more financially stable and to really focus on the type of content that I'm producing on my makeup channel, my beauty channel, my mommy channel, um, all that stuff is really focusing on getting back to what it used to be. And I know a lot of people comment saying that they miss it and it just, you know, it's hard juggling everything. And so I guess it would be really being more strategic and bringing it back to what it used to be, like the reviews, the unboxings and stuff. 
like well, what people I will try and for. help you with your resolution as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So when you need time to work, I will be with the girls mm-hmm. or the kids and you can go get your work done. Okay. Thank you, Bob. You're very you. sweet. I will help you as much as I can with your balance as well. Thank you. Um, all right. What's your New Year's resolution? Yeah. <laughs> Comment them down below. And we love you guys. I hope your 2023 is, is amazing. Starting off great. Yes. Um, and we follow us over on Instagram at Panna Unicorn. We post a lot over there on my Instagram, Madison Miller. I post a ton. Ross doesn't really post a ton, so you just follow us there and you'll kind of you'll kind of keep up to date. We also are on active on Twitter and everything. So just Follow us there to keep up to date for the next couple of weeks, and then we'll let you guys know when a new episode is going to be out again. We love you. We hope you guys are doing great. If you need any need any help or support, anyone to listen to, reach out. And happy new year. Happy new year. Bye.